So today we are going to, uh, we're middle of Pergvav. We're holding on page 20. A little more than halfway down from the top of the page. The first word in the line is Shechinta. We're holding by the words, I will call Masha in a bottle. So as we started off last week saying, we now, uh, we now entered the area of counterintelligence. We're trying to figure out the Nefesh Bahamas, AKA the Yitzhar Hara. When you're in counterintelligence, you have to figure out all the names and all the, <laughs> all the nicknames, all the names it goes by. So the Nefesh Bahamas. So we say the Nefesh Bahamas is, um, is Klippa. So last week we, we were beginning to define what exactly klipa is. And Al-Trebbe points out that the name very often used in Kabbalah for klipa, Sitra Achra, is very instructive as to what it is. Sitra Achra means it's defined by, not by what it is, but actually by what it isn't. As we said last, year, last week, it's one big lie. It's covering up the truth. Klipa and Sitra Achra is whatever isn't Kedusha. The truth of everything is Kedusha. That's the essence of everything. Everything was created by Hashem and put here in this world in order to serve Him, in order to increase Hashem's glory. But something which doesn't recognize that reality, something which the godly truth of it isn't readily um, visible and identifiable, so that becomes Sitra Achra. That's the other side already, that's Klippa. There's a shell covering up what it really is. So the Nefesh Bahamas is made of Klippa. We started off saying last week also the Nefesh Bahamas has um, very similar makeup, a very sim- similar composition as the Nefesh in terms of it also has Seichel and it also has Midas, it has intellect and it has emotions. And then it has, it's also its three garments, its three unholy garments, which are Machshava Dibara Maisa, thought, speech, and action of anything that isn't holy. That automatically makes it Klippa. Because klipa means anything that isn't holy. What is holy? Something when you look at it is identifiable as being battle to Hashem, as being subservient to Hashem. That's what holiness is. Anything that's not holy is automatically klipa. So after the Alter Rebbe defines what holiness is, that's what we're holding inside. Avo kol ma'she'eni battle. Again, a little more than halfway down the page, page 20. The first word in the line is shechinta. So Alter Rebbe says, Avo, however... <coughs> Anything which is not um, in an open way, in a revealed way, is not bottled to Hashem, is not a nullified to Hashem. It considers itself to be an independent entity. It does not receive its energy, its vitality, its life from the Kedusha of Hashem. But here's where we have to be careful. What do you mean it doesn't receive its energy from Hashem? How can there be... It was created by Hashem. And it is created by Hashem every moment anew, right? By design. Right, by design. To say that there's something that's not created by Hashem, that's Avedazara. That's what distinguishes Yiddishkeit from Lahavdul, other religions, and other religions we believe, other, other religions believe that there is some sort of power or force that competes with Hashem. And in Yiddishkeit, there's no such thing. 
Hashem is everything, and everything comes from Hashem. And Enoid Mulvade. And even those things that seem to compete with Hashem, they're also Hashem. It's Hashem's, uh, we'll learn more in Tanya, Mir Hashem later on, <coughs> in chapter um, chapter 22. And on how even Klippa, everything is really Hashem. Satan also is an angel in the service of Hashem. So what does it mean when we say that Klippa doesn't receive its, its, uh, <coughs> its life force and its energy from Hashem? So the Alter Rebbe qualifies that by saying... It does not receive its chayis from the kedusha of Hashem. Mebechines pnimiyas hakedusha or muhusavatz musa. From the inner levels of the holiness and from the essence of the holy levels of kedusha. Ella, rather, mebechines achuraim. Klipa receives its nourishment. It receives its life from, so to say, the backside of Hashem. Um, the backside of Hashem implies a much lower level of Kedusha. That's where it receives its uh, highest from. Just like um, by a person, the higher faculties are on the face. That's called the pnimius, the eyes, the nose, the, the mouth, the brain. The back, there isn't that much happening on the back. The same thing is also when it comes to Kedusha, obviously. <clears throat> and, um, we're not, uh, it's not literally that Hashem has a front and a back, a face and a back, but... In a similar way, the backside of Hashem, the Charaim of Hashem, represents a much lower level of Kedusha. And even that level of Achuraim of Kedusha, Shayyardim, so the, the life force of Kalipa has to go down, from one level to another. Revavis Madregis, tens of thousands of levels. Chaining down through the worlds, by way of cause and effect. In other words, every higher level on the chain causes and affects the lower level on the chain. And many, many contractions add to the point that the life and the light has become so diminished, one diminishment after another, to the point that it can contract itself and enter that, um, that item of klipa. So when something is klipa and it has life from Hashem, that means that the the, li- the the life within it has come down level after level after level, and even then, it's bebechinas galus toich eisedover hanifrad. Even then, after the light contracts itself and after the life diminishes itself one after another, even then, the the oyer, the 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 godly light within it isn't galus inside it, meaning. Just like uh, the, the concept of godless is that when something is confined within something else against its will and it cannot express itself, at the end of the day, because the highest in klipa, because it is godly, and because it's giving life to something that's klipa, there is, di- there is this disconnect between the life and the object. Because if there was a complete integration and a complete connection, then klipa wouldn't be klipa. Then it would have to be bottled to Hashem. And the ability to be bottled Hashem, so you have to have this dual process. First, the air has to minimize itself incredibly. And even after the air minimizes itself, at that point, it's still it's in Galos. And by the way, incidentally, this answers a question which we asked very quickly last week. If you remember, we said that the ten, in Klippa, the ten spheres or the ten koiches are called kishin, they're called crowns. Remember we spoke about that? And I asked, why are they called crowns? And I said, we'll talk about it. But we didn't get there. Why are they called crowns? Because a crown is something which transcends, which remains above. The light, the kedusha within klipa is like a keser. 
it's like a, it's like a crown that surrounds it. It doesn't really integrate and enter within it. So that's why the ten attributes in Klippa are called Kishrin. They're called crowns because um, that's what distinguishes them from Kedusha. In Kedusha, what's called in Kabbalah, the Oyer and the Keli, the light and the vessel, they act, they unify and they become one to the point where they become mamish one thing. In Kedusha, the Oyer and the Keli, the Neshama and the Guf become one. In Klippa, not only does the Oyer have to become very diminished because if the Oyer was an well, undistilled Oyer, even if it was in Galus, that would impact it. It has to be a very distilled and a very diminished oil, a very diminished light. And then after that, the oil still remains, the godliness remains in, um, in Galus. So, when we talk about that, what is Klippa? Anything that isn't, um, anything that isn't um, godly. So what are we talking about? We're talking about this table over here. Is this table Klippa? No, no, no. Sorry? So we're going to figure that out as we go along. So again, the light contracts itself and it enters in a state of Golos, and enters that thing, which considers itself to be an independent and separate entity from Hashem, to give it life. And to make it continue to exist, may I and Liyash, that it should be that it should that it should be from nothingness nothingness into something. So that it should not revert to nothingness as it was before it was born. Yes, before it was created. Before you continue um, the, the shear, the Baal Tanya coined the term klipa. No. Um, Sure, this is in uh, many, many Kabbalistic uh, texts. It's called Klippa. Uh, you said the Zohar talks, the Kabbalah talks about Sitra Akra. It's also in the Zohar, the Lushan of Klippa? Sitra Akra is for sure in Zohar. Klippa, I'm not sure, but right now we are going to learn from the Arizal, from the Eitzchayim. Where we have the word klipa, so the word klipa is definitely um, whether the word klipa exists in Zaire or not, I'm not sure. But it's not the Baal no. um, um original lashon. No, not at all, not at all. This is something which uh, you find all over. You open up a chumash and you read some Erechaim. It talks about klipa there also. And therefore, this world. And all that's in it is called Oilam Haklipais. This world is called the world of Klipa. We sit there Akra. Why is that? Because in this world, because we live in a world, yeah, where everything in this world, we don't see godliness in everything. Everything, everything is Klipa, right? Except for a mezuzah, as we'll see soon. And we'll, we'll, we'll see other things that might not be. <clears throat> but the natural state of everything is klipa. Klipa means something which you look at it and you don't see godliness. You don't see Hashem. You don't see it for what it really is, which is a godly entity in the service of Hashem. And in Olam Haza, the definition of Olam Haza is that it's filled with objects and entities and actions which are all independent of Hashem. Again, we have to disabuse ourselves of our notion. Usually we're used to, when you hear the word klipa, we think bad, evil. So therefore, if, if Klippa is evil, so what's Klippa? So Amalek is Klippa, and the internet is Klippa, and uh, what? Hate. 
and sins are klipa, right? And cockroaches are probably klipa because they're not good, right? So that's usually the terms that. Uh, so why does the gimel klipa set to me? We're getting into that soon. So that's how we used to think. Klipa equals bad. But Alter Rebbe is really redefining the notion of klipa. He's not really redefining it because that's true to what to, to the Kabbalistic texts, but redefining it in terms of the common um, the common conception of what klipa is. Klipa is everything that isn't kedusha. Usually, we tend to think of it. There's kedusha, and then there's klipa, and then there's the everything in between, which is most of things. But the Alter is saying no. There's nothing in between. You either something either this is kedusha, either this is something which is batal tashem, and you look at it and you see the godliness. And if not, it's klipa. It's the tarachra. It's the other side. But you said klipa is covering the the, the kedusha, the the, uh, the godliness. So it's not, it's not the absence of Kedusha. Klippa basically is, is, is a form of deception. It's the absence of awareness of Kedusha. Oh, all right, that's a better definition. Yeah. But really, it's a cover-up. It's a cover-up, yeah. It's the, the biggest cover-up that ever existed. The Al-Tarebbe in Shari Chud Al-Tarebbe writes that Hashem's Midas are infinite, and we can't fathom Hashem's Midas. And uh, Hashem's two primary midas are chesed and gevura. Chesed is Hashem's power to give and to create. And with Hashem's chesed, He created the entire, <coughs> the entire world. I heard just now uh, on the radio that they found the ninth, uh, a ninth planet. Than it's only like 20 billion miles away from here or something, but they're sensing some sort, some sort of gravitational pull. So there has to be a ninth planet. We talk about... 10,000-year orbit around the sun. Yeah, let's talk about... But they still have, they, 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 they presume it exists, but they still have to find it. And they say it's like finding a needle in a haystack trying to find it. Imagine this, this is a, th- this size planet, but trying to find it as a needle in a haystack. Gives us a little of an understanding of the vastness and the magnitude of creation. It's many times bigger than the Earth. Right. Now, I forgot how many times they said it's bigger than Right. But, and that's only this world. And this world is nothing compared to all the... Galaxy. Sorry. And That's this galaxy and this universe. No, but I'm saying, saying they are the spiritual worlds. This, uh, yeah, there's the whole Seder Ishtasu. You learn Kabbalah. You find out this world is a little drop in the, in, the, in the ocean compared to what Hashem created. So for us to begin to fathom Hashem's chesed, Hashem's chesed, it's, it's, how can the human being even begin? And then the Alter Rebbe says, just like we can't fathom Hashem's chesed, we can't fathom Hashem's gevura. And what is Hashem's Gevurah? Hashem's Gevurah is His power to conceal. That how is it that Hashem creates everything, and He is ever-present, and He's within everything, and giving everything life, and you look at the world and you don't see Him. <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> the, the, the perfect, right, the, 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 the most perfect cover-up and disappearing act, and He's there present in every single molecule, and every single atom, and every single cell, and every single thing, and he's, he's manipulating and controlling and running everything, and you got to look around the world and you say, where's the Eibishter? What do you mean, where's the Eibishter? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's Hashem's Gevura, says Dr. Rebbe, and just like we can't understand Hashem's Chesed, we can't understand Hashem's Gevura either. That's all. Hashem's Gevura is not any less great than Hashem's Chesed. His power to conceal himself is not any less great than, uh, than his, his power to reveal and his power to create. But don't we say that certain people who are very spiritually blind, they're able to see happiness in this world? Yes. Yeah. The Balatanya, before he passed away, in the, in the hours before he passed away, he told his grandson, 
that uh, you look up, you see the ceiling. I don't see the ceiling. I see the Devar Havaya. I just see the, the words of Hashem that are sustaining it. That's uh, right. That's the very holy tzaddik who can rip away the klipa. Okay, last line of the page. And therefore, everything that goes on in this world is difficult and evil. And the Rishoyim are powerful over here because this is a world of klipas. As is written, Al-Tareb is going to make somewhat of a disclaimer over here. The, um, the footnote in the, in, in the in, inside. Yeah. Even though that within this world is Asasfiris Dasiya de Kedusha. What gives it light, what gives it life is the ten holy spheres of the holy world of Asiya. As it says in Sharmem Gimel. And within these ten spheres of Asiya, spheres the Yitzira. Are the ten spheres of the of the world which is higher than that which is the world of Yitzira. with them de Bria. Within them are the ten spheres of Bria. within them. There are the ten spheres of Atsilus, and within the ten spheres of Atsilus is Eir Ein Seif Baruch Hu, the infinite light of Hashem. The Nimtza, so it turns out that Eir Ein Seif Baruch Hu, that the light of the infinite Hashem, Maloi Chal Haaretz Halazua Tachtoina, Mali, sorry, Mali, is filled, fills up the entire world, Aidei Yislab Shusai, through its uh, clothing itself, Be'eser Sfiris the Arba Ilmes Atsilus Bri Yitzira Siyam. Through investing itself in the ten spheres of the four worlds, as it says in Yitzchayim, it was safer Gogul and Peirachaf. Talmud is making a disclaimer that even though it's a world of klipas, that's what it seems to us, and that's how it is on the exterior. The pnimius, however, in truth, however, in a hidden way, the Eirin Soif is actually in every single nook and cranny in every single creation in this world, through the Eirin Soif filtering down through all the ten spheres. What, 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 how do you define the sphere as opposed to the worlds? Spheres are spiritual character traits of Hashem, spiritual attributes. Chesed, Gvura, Chachma, Bina, Das. There are ten of them. And in every how world. How do they associate themselves with the worlds? Every world is comprised of these ten attributes. Just like this world. Um, how many elements are there in this world? How many elements? Physical elements. Four. Four physical elements, okay. And everything is um, made up of combinations of these four elements. In the spiritual worlds, everything is made up of a combination of ten elements. And there are the ten spiritual, just to give physical elements, you have spiritual elements. And they are also the spiritual um definitions of every spiritual world and this world. In other words, the physical matter was created by what's called yashmi ayin, um, something from nothing. That's the physical matter of the world. But the spiritual identity of these matters are also made up of these ten attributes as they are mixed into each other and as they come down. That's a topic which is long and difficult and not necessarily for today. But right now we're going to delve a little deeper into klipa. These terms are broken over and over. Yeah. And, and one day, in Tanya, when it becomes a central a thesis of a Peirik, we'll go into deeper, but right now this is, it's a footnote over here. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's right. So, as you mentioned earlier, 
We said, we, what we just said right now is that there's Kedusha and everything else is Klippa. And now the Alter Rebbe is going to say, yes, that is correct. However, within Klippa, there are two different levels of Klippa. One level is Klippa Snoiga, which is a higher level of Klippa, which means not as bad, a lesser level of Klippa. And then there's Gimel Klippis Atmeis, the three utterly and completely impure klipas, and they are a much more impure and lower level of klipa. And what is the difference between these two? What does that mean? Let's go back to what we spoke about last week. Everything that Hashem created has a divine spark within it. That divine spark which is within everything is its purpose here in this world. It's kavana, the reason why Hashem put it over here. Something that is holy means that um, in a very visible way um, this object, this entity, or this action is in conformance with and compliance with Hashem's will. It expresses itself and says, I am battle to Hashem. I'll say for Torah. When you're blowing the shofar in Rosh Hashanah, not just the physical shofar at that time, but the act of blowing, no one thinks that you're blowing because you're... Uh, Practicing for your symphony. It's an act of blowing is an act which expresses bittel to Hashem. There are certain objects which Hashem put in this world, which for whatever reason, Hashem decided that we don't have the ability to reveal the godly spark within them, or to put it in different words. The shell around them, the husk, the covering is so is so complete and is so powerful and so opaque to the point that the only thing that we can do is reject them. There's no way that they can be, even though, let's take a pig for example. If Hashem created a pig, that means that it was created to serve Him. But we don't know how to do that. We have to reject it. That is what Gimel Klippus Atomeus says. Klipas um, Noiga, on the other hand, as we're going to learn in the beginning of the next period, means something which, yes, it does not express godliness, but we have the ability to change that. Meaning that it's it's um, it's divine uh, it's divine uh, destiny. The reason why it's created is within reach, and it's something that we can access. We can use it, in a, you know, it, it, when we use this object in a certain way, or when we act in a certain way, we have the ability to take that and rip off the shell and show that it was created to serve Hashem. Gimel Klippas Atmeis, we can't rip off the shell. Forever it remains covered up in that shell, as we'll learn in the next period until Moshiach comes. And Klippas Noiga, on the other hand, we have the ability to... Um, <laughs> to rip off the shell and bring it into Kedusha. And that's what we're going to learn right now. In the end of this period, we're going to learn about Gimel Klippus Atmeis. Top line of page Yudalaf. Elam, however, Shaklippus and Nechlakis, Lishtim Madrigis. The Klippus are divided in two levels. Zula Mata Mizu. One lower than the next. You notice, it doesn't say one higher than the other. One lower than the next. And Klippa, one, one is lower than the next. And Kedusha, one is higher than the next. The lowest level, are the three clippers which are completely impure and completely evil. 
They have no observable good whatsoever. And the book of Yechaskel, when it talks about the Merkava, is described in the Pasuk as Ruach Sa'ara, Ve'anon Godel, Ve'goimer. The last words in the Pasuk is Ve'esh Mislakachas, which means a, 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 a windstorm and a great wind and a fire, a flickering fire. These three represent the three absolutely Tomei Klippes. Umehan, sorry? Sa'ara is a storm. And from them, from, from these three clippers come, the souls, yeah, that's a, that's a changed for the censor. Whenever, almost almost always when you see in a safer, that's a, yeah. In the original, it's the nations of the world, but the censors wouldn't allow you to say bad things about the nations of the world. So instead they put in, which means, the pagan nations, so only the pagan nations. That's how they got through the censor always. But um, the original is So from the Gimel Klip Shatmeis comes all the souls of all the Goyim, the Kiyam Gufam, the subsistence of their bodies. And the souls of all animals, which are Treif, the Kiyam Gufam, and the subsistence of their bodies. Vikium Vikhayis and also the subsistence and the life of Kal Machalis Asuris of any Trefe foods Mahatsimeach from that which grows. What kind of Trefe food grows? Kimoi, for example, Arla, fruit the first three years. Vikili Hakaram, if you have um, wheat that was grown in a in a vineyard, Hulu. Okumeshikaso Bezhaim Sharmem Tas Pedigaf. So this, until now, we're talking about objects. And the same thing is, The same thing is also, the energy which is within any, th- any, any action, speech, or thought. Of any of the 365 Averis, as well as their rabbinic offshoots. As is explained there in the end of Perikei. So when we say that an animal is treif, so most people look and say, "What does that mean? Is there a difference between between a between a donkey and between a and a cow?" The difference is that Hashem says, "I can eat this," and Hashem says, "I can't eat that." But that's only in a very superficial level. It's much deeper. They actually are different. The cow, as we're going to see soon, is from Klipas Nega. And therefore, we have the ability to elevate it. Whereas the donkey is from a Gimel Klippes Atmeus. Although, parenthetically, it should be noted something very interesting. That when an animal is treif, you can still use it for Kedusha, no? Let's say if I ride a donkey to go to Ashir. So there's an, uh, there can be a certain object... Which can be gimel klipas atameis in one way and klipas neig on another, but that's a whole further for the that's for the kabbalistical scholars to talk about. What? You make clothing, shoes. Exactly, right? They can take the pigskin and make a football out of it. And when yeshiva bachram, they throw it around during recess, and their intention is to uh, get exercise. to get access to serve Hashem more. They're actually being milo that pig. 
They're actually elevating that pig, which is very, which they can't do through eating it. But that's another, how, how that works, how you can so elevate it one way, not another. Right, 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 right. That's a good question. I think the questions here are a little stronger than the answers. But um, again, the, the Rebbe talks about it in different places. There are answers that are given. But that's the difference between something which is Asr Bahana and something which is Asr Bahila. Something which is Asr Bahana means the Gimel Klippis has taken it over in every single aspect of it. Yeah. When the, when the Torah says, eat this, don't eat that, it's not random. It's because there's a real difference between this and this. And for those of you who are a little more uh, maybe um, versed in the Talmudic uh, way of, uh, of learning, those of you who have learned some Rabbi Chaim Brisk, you know, Chedushim from Chaim of Brisk, you'll know that one of the big things you learn about in Yeshiva is the difference between an Iser Gavra and an Iser Chavza. These words sound familiar. Sure. Iser Gavra means that the prohibition is on the human being. I can't eat. The Iser Chavza means... <laughs> that the food can't be eaten. So not, let's make it, but now we see what the difference is. Now we see what the difference is. Sometimes the prohibition is on me. The act of eating is forbidden. Not the food is forbidden. The act of... Because I am... What's an example? So, there you go. If someone eats on Yom Kippur, a piece of kosher food, so is that food given clip satimeus? No. But the act, that's Isser Gavra. The iser is on the human being. The human being is not allowed to eat it. But it's not an iser heft, so the object isn't usr because it's not gimel klipis atmeis. So in halacha, you talk about iser gavra, iser heft, so what you're really doing is reflecting a kabbalistical truth. What de- what determines whether something is an iser gavra or an iser heft? Whether it's gimel klipis atmeis or not. If it's gimel klipis atmeis, then it's iser heft. And if it's not, then it's the Iser Gavra. So we're saying over here that the souls of Goyim are Gimel Klippus Atmeis. And once again, we've said this many times, I'll say it again. When you translate the word Klippa as evil, that sounds very, very racist. And it sounds like an awful thing to say. Ein behem toiv klal, as you mentioned earlier. And that means that the goyim must all be awful, horrible, terrible, gimel klippes atmeis people. Ich. <laughs> would never want to allow one of them into my house. But if we understand the definition of what klippa is, that klippa is the opposite of kedusha. Kedusha is the ability to be completely bottled to Hashem. And as the Alter Rebbe said earlier on in the Patek, where is Kedusha? A Malach is holy because it's completely bottled to Hashem. And a Yid is holy, why? A Yid is Kedusha? Because the Yid has the potential to give up his life, Al-Kiddush Hashem. In other words, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate battle. When we're saying that Goyim are Gimel Klub Satmeis, that means they're trapped in their identity. They're trapped in their ego. A Goy, as spiritual as he may be, can never be bottled to Hashem, can never lose his identity, and be completely bottled. That's impossibility. Only something which comes from Klippas Noiga has the ability either to be bottled on its own or being made bottled by a Yid. So for example, the hide of a, of a cow, the cow can't make itself bottled. 
But when, as we'll see soon, if I eat the cow, Lashem Shamaim, then that makes it completely bottled Tashem, where if I take the hide of the cow and I make it into a parchment for a Sefer Torah, so that parchment now is completely bottled Tashem. So in that way, there's an advantage of a cow over, over, uh, over a goy in terms of its potential. Not that the cow was more spiritual, essentially, than the goy, but the cow contains the potential that it could be used in a matter, both it and its skin, in that it will be completely bottled to Hashem. Whereas a goy is trapped in his ego and his identity. He could be a good person. We're not saying he's not a good person. What if a goy takes on himself the uh, seven nine laws? Uh, does that uh, elevate the goy? Becomes a goy becomes a goy. He's not a goy. And, and he has an ashama. A goy who accepts the Shabbos Neyach is a wonderful human being. And he's going to get a lot of Ganeidin. And according to many opinions, he's even going to wake up for Tchiyas HaMesim. There are, such, there, are, there are many such opinions. Holy Jews. Um, and he's done his purpose here in this world, exactly what Hashem wants him here for, L'Shavis Yitzara, etc. But in terms of this bittle, that's not there. Now when Mashiach comes, we're going to find that the Gimkub Satmeis also its bittle will be expressed. So when Mashiach comes, I guess even the Goyim also will be able to uh, reach this level of bittle. But as long as we're in Golos, a goy doesn't have that ability. But you have to understand, the ability to be bottle is not natural. The Chiddush isn't that a goy can't be bottle. The Chiddush is that a Yid could. The ability for one entity to completely subjugate itself and nullify itself before another is not a natural ability. That's something that a Yid has because we have a Neshama. And we have the ability also to take certain entities in this world and to... Uh, but. An interesting question would be an Evet Kneini. Evet Kneini, that's... Uh, that's um, yeah, what exactly is an Evet Kneini? And there's a reason why that once a, a guy becomes Evet Kneini, you're not allowed to... You, in other words... But, but that's for his good. In other words, you're elevating him. I don't know exactly to what level, but that itself uh, is an elevation. Yes? Um, I forgot my question. Okay. <laughs> And now we are going to move to Klippas Neige. Ah, however, Nefesh Achiyunis Abahamesh Abi Yisrael, the Nefesh Abahamesh of Ayid. Shemitzada Klippa, yes, it's Klippa. Hamlubeshes Bedama Adam, and it's um, with it's within the blood of a person. Kinnis Karliel was mentioned earlier. V'Nafshes Behemes V'Chayis. As well as the souls of animals, the oifes and birds, the dogim tohirim and kashra and kashra fish, umutarim baachila, those that are mutter, the kiyum vechayis, as well as the life force, kol hadoimim of all the inanimate. You notice there's nothing there's nothing inanimate which is treif. There's tzameach which is which you, you can have tzameach which is non kosher that grows as we mentioned arla. And Kiliyah uh, Karem, and obviously you have Chai, you have animals that are that aren't kosher, but in the realm of the inanimate, there's nothing that's non kosher. So all doimim is klipas noiga. The same thing as anything that grows that is um, that is kosher. The chain and also just like before we mentioned objects as well as actions. Kiyum v'chayis kol ha'maisadibur machshava. The existence and the subsistence and the energy 
in every action, speech, and thought. Which are of the concerns of this physical world. Which does not involve any Iser whatsoever. It doesn't have any, uh, it's not an original uh, Iser, not uh, something which is derabanan from any, there's nothing in there of any of the 365 negative commandments, van feyen, de iraiso derabanan. Rak There's nothing, these are, everything which is kosher. Kosher animals and kosher behaviors, but it's not l'shem shemaim. Elon, rather, it's rutsoyin haguf v'cheftsay v'tavasay. It is the desire of the body, the, the wish of the body, and it's the, the craving of the body. Even if it's mamish, what you need to survive. We're talking about the bread and water, the Cheerios in the morning. <laughs> but your kavana, the intention of, this, of eating this, uh, of this entity or engaging in this behavior. We're talking about anything. We're talking about shopping, we're talking about work, and we're talking about exercise, and we're talking about all the things that we do all day long. It's not, however, to serve Hashem. These thoughts, speeches, and actions are not any better than the nefesh of Hamish itself. All of this comes from the second level of klipa v'sitra She klipa revias. This is the fourth klipa. Hanikras klipas noiga. Klipas noiga. Shabaelam haza. That's the klipas noiga in this world. Hanikra in our world. Hanikra elam asia. Our world is called Oilam Asiya, the world of action. which is mostly bad. There's a little good in it, and that is the good of Klipas Noiga. From this good comes the Midas which is in the animal soul of Yidin. Commission as Barley Hill is explained earlier in Perikalaf. What are the Midas Perikalaf. We come after, after class, we can talk about that. So the Alter Rebbe neatly did is he divided everything into three categories. And if you think into it, and uh, we'd have to get maybe some uh, an actuary or a statistician to do the exact uh, statistics on this. The world is comprised of approximately 5%, five, on this side, 5% on this side, and 90% in the middle. The 5% on this side, let's start, is Kedusha. <coughs> Kiddusha. So we're, we're, talking, we're talking about tzaddikim. People, you look at them, they shine with holiness. Kiddusha. Mitzvah acts. Blowing a shafer, shaking the love of Nasrik, eating in the sukkah, um, davening, giving tzedakah, learning Torah, holiness, holy acts, and holy objects. Sefer Torah, mezuzah, tefillin, how many holy objects are there, right? Tzfarim, 5%, no? These actions, these behaviors, and these objects don't, don't take up more than 5% of our life. Would that be correct for most? Unless you're sitting on Kirill and learning all day, in which case it's a much larger percentage. But I'm talking about the average person. 5% of what Hashem created is Gimel Klippus Hatmeis. 
And again, these numbers I'm taking from the top of my head. You want to argue and say it's 4% or 6% or 13%. I'm not going to, we're not going to quibble on this. Treith. How much, how, much, how, how much is treif already out there? Most of what Hashem created in this world is kosher. Um, I'm not talking. One second. This is Gimel Klipsat Meis, right? Yeah, and you said that uh, yeah, of the six, five billion people on the planet, um, almost all of them are not Jewish. Uh, right. Okay, so you're right that when it comes to people, I'm, the, my percentages are very off. You're right. But in terms of the the the, in terms of objects. you're right. Objects and actions. How many actions, what percentage of actions does the Torah forbid? We're talking about a small percentage. I remember uh, a year ago, I was in a shop right? And not in Monticello or in, or in uh, Flatbush. I'm talking about this somewhere in southern Jersey. Saying not, there, what? I think not far from Lakewood is it. This was a this was a forty five minute drive from Lakewood. This wasn't catering to any. Uh, I was just walking down the aisles, looking at things that have uh, a hechsher on them. Oh, you okay? Whatever it is, it was shocking. You know, if 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 you're not careful in Chol Yisrael, in other words, if you eat OUD, and if you're not careful in Pas Yisrael, I don't know, seventy percent of the stuff there's kosher. You can't you can't stop it. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. Only things that you couldn't get there probably is meat and wine. But it's not only the things that, that I can get my entire diet. They're just going down the aisles. Everything is kosher. A lot of OUDs over there. So I wouldn't eat them. A lot of, uh, you know, the whole bread aisles, OU, but it's not pasi so I wouldn't eat them, but it's kosher. It's kosher, right? So that's 5%. Then you have 90% of our lives. And that's Klippas Nega. It's neutral. What do you mean it's neutral? It, do, it doesn't express Hashem. But it's not Kedusha, it's not Klippa. Uh, sorry, it's not Gimel Klippa It is Klippa. By the way, remember I asked you earlier, is this Klippa? Absolutely, this is Klippa. So when we said earlier that um, this whole thing about the light of Hashem that has to come down and chain down until finally it comes and minimize, minimization after minimization until that's this table, that's, this, that's everything that we're seeing, not this, but everything that we're seeing over here, all Klippa. 90% of our life is where Hashem says, I'm not deciding its fate, you are. 5% Hashem says, I'm telling you it's holy. This is a holy act, this is a holy behavior. 5% it's evil, it's, it's bad, it goes against Hashem. It's gum 90% Hashem says, it's up to you. Everything that's kosher, every, all those things that we do on a, on a daily basis, the eating, and the sleeping, and the working, and the... Everything that we do. So, but we have to recognize this 90%, before we encounter it, it's before we encounter it, it's klipa. It's still klipa. This kosher food, when I go to the store and I pick up this beautiful banana, when I'm saying it's neutral, it's only relative to Kedusha and Gimel Klipa Mace. In its current state, it's still klipa, meaning I look at it, I don't see Bittul Tashem, it's still Klippa. And as we're going to see, as we go along in this Perik, right now, it's whenever I have a kosher piece of food in front of me, or a kosher endeavor in front of me, as my, 
sleeping, working. I have three options. Right now, I am going to decide its fate. This banana, I'm going to decide its fate, depending on how I approach it. One, one option is, as we'll see, I'm going to eat it and I don't impact it whatsoever. It was Klippas Neiga, it remains Klippas Neiga. Another option is that I will eat it and I'll transform it to Kedusha. A third option is that I eat it and I drag it down to Klippas Neiga. Uh, um, I drag it down to Gimel Klippas Hatmeis. How do you do that? That's what we're going to find out. So here's the world is divided into th again. So this is it's a it's a play on threes over here. The world is divided into three, and in this middle section, I have three options. In Klipas Neiga, there are three options of what's going to happen over here, and that is completely dependent on my attitude and my approach to this to this object. If my approach to the object is a very neutral approach. I drink the tea because my throat is hurting. I eat breakfast in the morning because I'm hungry. But I'm a normal, I go exercise because I need to be healthy. So I didn't impact what I did whatsoever. It was Klippa. And it still is klipa, meaning beforehand it wasn't something which expressed Hashem. And now after my interaction with it, it still doesn't express Hashem. So what did I do? I didn't accomplish anything. However, if I approach a Lashem Shamayim, so then I have the ability to actually lift it up into the realm of Kiddush. And that's what we're going to learn about right now inside. We're holding seven lines from the top. Klippas Neiga is like a middle ground, it's an intermediary. Between the three impure Klippas, and Kiddush. Klippas Neiga is in between. Vulchena, therefore, pa'amim, sometimes she nechlelitz b'shalos klipsatmeis. Sometimes we cause through our actions for something which is klipas noiga to become, to descend and to become part of gimel klipsatmeis. Kameshikasa beitzchaim, sharmem tes, reish peder dal b'shem hazayar. As it says in Eitzchaim, in the name of the zayar. Upa'amim she nechlelitz v'eila b'bechinis madregis akedusha. And sometimes it goes up and it becomes part of kedusha. The Hainu, how is it possible for Klippas Nega to become part of Kiddushah? When the good, which is mixed into it, becomes disencumbered from the evil within it, from the, the selfishness of it, and overpowers it, and becomes part of Kiddushah. Kigoyin, for example, Derech someone who eats a juicy steak. There's no other way of translating this. Bisrashmena de Tura means uh, fatty meat of an ox. Vishesa yayin mevusam, and he drinks fragrant wine. And the purpose is laharchiv daite lahashem velatirase. To expand his mind for Hashem and his Torah. The Gemara talks about it to Reb Nachman 
He once told his student, Rava, the reason why last night I didn't give you a good answer because I had yet to eat bistra shmeina de Torah. I had yet to have my good steak. And elsewhere, Rabba said that when he drinks wine, it, uh, it uh, expands his mind in, in learning Torah. Not Rabba, Rabbi Nachman, I'm sorry. There's full, but you can be full on Cheerios, you can be full on steak and fragrant wine. <laughs> Different ways of being full. Yeah. Rava said that wine and a, and, and a pleasant fragrance peak can they make one smarter. Oi, or the reason why you're having wine and meat, your intention is to do the mitzvah of Enoch Shabbos You notice he doesn't say that you're eating it on Shabbos and Yamtiv. You're eating it in order. In other words, it's not enough that. Oh, I ate the wine, I drank the, the, I ate the meat at Shabbos, so no, no, no. <laughs> and you're eating it, it's on Shabbos, and it's for the purpose of having Einig Shabbos. Azayin is barer chayis abasar vayayin. So then what you've done is, you've rectified the chayis in this, uh, in this, in this meat, in this wine, so klipas noiga which previously received its sustenance of Klippas Nega, and now these words are beyond belief. And this wine and this meat which you eat, they go up to Hashem like a carbon. Imagine that. We have no carbon today. If you eat something Hashem Shamayim, it's like goes up to Hashem like a carbon. Yeah. So, what is the actual um, process that a person the act that a person should do in order to accomplish this? It's a matter of eating, L'shem Shamayim. When you're eating it, you're well, doing I, it for I, the I purpose. Make a statement, I think about, what do I do? It's, um, are some people who, uh, when they eat on Shabbos, don't actually say L'chavet Shabbos Kodesh. But uh, obviously the purpose of saying that is only to be Mo'erer, Koil Mo'erer as kavana, is to awaken the kavana, because it's not, it's not just the saying, it's the, it's the intention. So I should think it. Yeah. But it's really more than that. It's really more than what you're thinking when you're eating. Like, okay, I'm sitting down to eat. And really I'm eating because I'm hungry. But, uh, okay, I'll say that I'm eating it to serve. It's a larger question of what is your purpose? When you woke up in the morning and you said, What's your plan for today? What's your plan? So most of us, the, when you ask them that question, like, what, plan? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what plan, when plan? I don't know, I get up, I eat, I go to work. A yid wakes up and says, and what's going through his mind? Today I'm serving you, Hashem. What can I do today to serve you? And that's a thought that accompanies a yid in his mind from the moment he wakes up in the morning to the moment he goes to, he goes to sleep at night. And when you do that, everything within the, within the day falls in the context of that. So I, I'm eating, it's all a hemshech, it's all a continuation of a day which my mind is focused and I'm serving the Ebershtah. So when you view eating as a very local, how do I have that in mind by this eating? Yeah, you could think that it's Hashem Shemaim, 
but it, it's more really a holistic way of, 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 of approaching life, which is my whole life is about serving the Abishtar. So why am I eating? Because afterwards I have to go do a mitzvah, I have to learn Torah after this, or because I have to go to work. But why am I working? It's all part of this puzzle, which is all I'm serving Hashem. Next example from Nathar. So, so far the example we gave was steak and wine. Someone who says a joke. To uh, also to uh, to open your mind, and to um, make yourself happy, and the purpose is to be able to serve Hashem. As someone who speaks on occasion, and as someone who, you need it, the jokes when you say a joke in class, you wake everyone up, and it gives a certain they they're listening more for the next uh, for the next ten minutes as I get this. And um, so this joke, I mean, obviously, as long as there's nothing usher in it, and it's a totally uh, clean, joke. clean joke. So at this moment, this joke, which is neutral, is you used it to serve Hashem. As Rav said to his Talmidim, the idea of a rabbi starting a joke, uh, a speech of the joke, is something which uh, has uh, a long history. Rava, he would start his year with a joke, <laughs> and the rabbanon would laugh, and then they, and, and then you're starting with a different. Uh, you woke everyone up. So these are the examples that he gives of utilizing something which is in this world, l'shem shamayim, and when you do that, you take it from the realm of klipas nega and you move it into the realm of kedusha. And I've always found this mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Because if you go to the average person and you ask the person, so what does it mean to serve Hashem L'Shem Shemaim? Give me an example. And I've done this before. I should have done this before. Still say, what do you mean? When I go and I sit down to eat and, like, and have my bowl of Cheerios and I have in mind Hashem, so that's L'Shem Shemaim. No one's going to tell you about steak and, uh, and fragrant wine. Just imagine, envision this, you know, they're, they're not, imagine you walk into your rabbi's house and you see he has a plate and this big fat steak on the plate and a, a goblet of wine and he's eating and he's drinking and you're looking at him and you think, and he says, yeah, I need this because I'm going to learn soon. So uh, this steak and this wine, this, this uh, $60 bottle of good red wine is going to give me a geschmack and a highest in learning afterwards. Yeah. It's a very different... Um Outlook than the Chazal for the others that, um, you know, that. Right. And it's a more demanding focus. It's, it's easy if you're having bread and water to say, let's just It's easier. It's definitely easier. You could be caught a part time and it could eat so much. If there's something wrong with meat, why is it, so why, why isn't it treif? Something wrong with good wine. If Hashem didn't make a treif, <laughs> that means that by definition, it could and should be permitted. Uh, now, in Pirkei Avis, yeah, in Pirkei what he's saying is, you're not going to get Torah if you're into luxuries. You're not. 
In other words, you're sitting in yeshiva, but your mind is on what's going to be for lunch. Is it going to be a good lunch or not? You're not, uh, it's not going to work. I don't think that the Pirush and Pirke Yavah says that, you, that, that if you have the meat and you have the wine properly, you can't learn. The point is that you, you're, you, you, you have to be single-minded when you're learning. In other words, you have to, your only focus is on learning Torah. It's all about the rest of life, beyond the Torah. And let's say it's talking about the rest of life. The point, and then the, and the other example I'll tell you is of a joke. Who would think of reading an example of a joke? Of, of taking something Why? Because we usually were thinking that L'shem Shemayim means that I'm subsisting taka with the beer necessities, with the beer essentials. Joke. Uh, who jokes? Who needs jokes? We don't need jokes. Who needs, who needs a steak and who needs the good wine? And the Rebbe is making a very, very clear very clear statement over here. A very bold statement. <coughs> and Dr. Rebbe, it's, it seems very deliberately, is taking the extreme and saying, if Hashem created it, and if it's Klippas Neiga, then you have the ability to be Ma'ila to Kedusha. Yeah, you could take that, 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 that bottle of wine. You don't have to divorce yourself from Ma'ila Now, we have to be very careful over here because we can't fool ourselves at the same time. And... Um, when Rav Nachman had that bottle of wine, he wasn't, he, he taken knew that it's going to, he, he really was interested in the Torah, not in the wine. And he knew that the pleasure that he got from this wine is going to assist him in learning Torah. So therefore for him, now we can delude ourselves and, ah, I want the bottle of wine, eh, it's going to help me learn Torah afterwards. That's not the L'shem Shemayim. But the point that the Alter Rebbe is making over here is, and this is very important, the reason why is like this, because at the end of the day, we do enjoy ourselves in life. Unless we happen to be a big tzaddikim, unless we happen to be uh, perushim, we happen to be a... And what we do is, in our mind, we... Um, those things that aren't essentials, those things that are luxuries, we divorce them from Kedusha. They're permitted, we do them, but we don't associate them with Hashem. And then we feel guilty about them. Right. You know, you, you don't want to drink meat. You, drink, you, you don't want to eat meat. You don't want to drink wine. You don't want to. That's fine. Fine. But if you do do it, you have to realize it has to be part of your Avedas Hashem. And it could be part of Avedas Hashem. And there, and there are many examples of that in our, in our life when we do things. And we feel guilty because we're from a Yidin and why? Okay, so we feel that it's it's allowed. So we um, we indulge, but we can't imagine that this could be part of a life of kiddusha. Give you an example: getting a massage. What does it seem like to you? That's something that can be part of a Vedas Hashem. Could be. Could be. But how many people think... Right. There are certain things that we do in our life. Um, another example, wearing nice clothing. Again, by the way, I, everyone has their own examples. Me, personally, I have no... In, clothing doesn't mean too much. Everyone has their own... Uh, their own things, but that makes them feel good, whatever. But some people, when they dress nicely, they feel like a mensch, right? Feel like a mensch. Their day is different. Why can't that be Lashem Shemayim? But we don't usually put 
put that together. There's me, I want to feel like a mensch. So that's not part of my avoid, and I don't need that. In other words, if I really want to be a from yid, I wear you know the torn shirt and the and and the stains and all that. What Alter Rebbe is telling us over here is that whatever is going on in your life, if it's part of that ninety percent, you don't have to feel guilty about it. Channel it correctly. Channel. You want to be a very very holy Jew. You don't want to have to deal with it. And you're saying I'm scared that it's going to drag me down. Fine. But if you are doing it, make sure it's part of that lifestyle and make sure that the kavana is there and you understand that the reason why you're doing it, you're wearing clothing because you want to be a mensch because when you feel like a mensch, you have more energy and highest in serving Hashem and learning and davening because you feel like a mensch. You don't feel like a today. And that's every single thing that we do in our life. It doesn't have to be just to be... If we, if, if we were to take a moment to stop and think about our lives, we'd realize how many things we do. We don't need to do them. And therefore, because we don't, we don't need them, we don't associate them with Kedusha. It's like an indulgence that we have. Now, Rebbe is saying it doesn't have to be an indulgence. Try, you could work on that. That also, you can make it into a carbon. Into a carbon, you can make it. You can make your clothing into a carbon. Into a carbon, into a Hashem. If you really need it. No, not if you really need it. That's the whole point. But he needs it for what is Hashem. If, oh, Otherwise, you, you're saying if you're really talking, uh, yeah, it's about having a general kavana. Of, um, it has to be unique. Sorry? You know that you, you're going to learn better. It's therapeutic. I, I, I wake up today and I want to serve Hashem. That's why I woke up today and that's my purpose today. And therefore I need to feel good. I'm going to dress well today because I feel good that way. And I'm going to be able to serve Hashem better. Absolutely. And that's what we don't have to expel Hashem from 25-30% of our life. Is what I've been saying. If it's part of that area, which is klipas nega, it's part of that area, and it makes you feel good, you're allowed to, that's fine, that's fine. Just realize that the purpose of feeling good is to serve Hashem. Don't make it selfish, because when you make it selfish, then you're not being mailed to Kedusha. It's fine to feel good, because Hashem wants me to feel good, because then I can serve Him. And when we have that kavana, we can take even the most mundane things, and even the things that seem to be luxurious and uh, unnecessary, okay? The ice cream, that also can be part of our service of the Eberster also. And next week we will learn about the opposite extreme, which is how do we take Klippas then and take it and bring it down. Not as exciting, but that's what we'll do the next week. Uh. <clears throat>